Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of She's Kingdom Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Audrey, and I have a special guest whom I will introduce just shortly, but I want you, before we go ahead and get started today, this show is going to be heavy. So we are talking about unpacking your childhood trauma, um, the importance of unpacking your childhood trauma, because we know that if you don't deal with trauma, it is going to impact your entire world. And trauma is something that it's an, it's an unbeatable um, experience. Everyone has experienced some level of trauma and how to deal with it, what kind of strategies to use. That is what we're going to be sharing. We're going to be sharing some of our personal experiences. So praying that something that we say is going to be beneficial to you or can help you if you're on a journey of healing from trauma in any part of your life, be it childhood, if it's something that you're currently dealing with, we want to be able to help you with that. So before we get started, I ask that you go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Our episodes are aired every other Thursday. So that's bi-weekly on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. You don't want to miss an episode, so subscribe at this time. So without further ado, I am going to introduce my guest. Her name is Lashana Reed. She's going to be sharing her profound experience and wisdom with us tonight. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and let her share a bit about herself. Um, Lashana, if you can, just tell the audience a little about who, about who you are. Um, mm -hmm. We'll go on from there. Thank you. I just want to thank, say thank you so much for having me on the podcast to share my experience and my knowledge. Um, so... Let's see, I was a nurse for 22 years, um, kind of decided to get out of nursing a year before COVID came and end up getting my psychology degree. And in the process of getting my psychology degree, it just really led me into mental health. And in the process of me getting my psychology degree, I actually started learning a lot about my childhood trauma through my degree. So... Um, that was just very <laughs> intriguing to me and very um, uplifting to be able to finish school and learn about, you know, my childhood trauma, along with learning psychology as well. Absolutely. It's interesting how life puts you in position to like you're going, you're, you think you're pursuing after one thing, but life gives you a gift. And I think I feel like it's always given us something right. Um, right. sharing your experience. I think that education, just education in general has really revealed so many parts of me. Um, and my most recent experience, me pursuing my doctorate and mm -hmm. doing that work, it really changed my perspective so much on so right. many things. Like, honestly, so I'm so thankful. And it definitely is an extreme sh paradigm shift. So it, it showed me myself reflectively um, it made me vulnerable in um, some areas as well. So just going through that whole process is so um, intriguing. So I can imagine what that was like to obtain a psychology degree um, and doing that because me just doing my research and a dissertation, I mean, really, truly opened me up. And my dissertation was about trauma. That's, that's what it's about. Actually, secondary trauma. I was so heavily impact, impacted by my experience as an educator. Oh, having been 
a teacher and then going on to be a principal and having children that come in that have traumatic experiences, right? And so it led me to want to talk about what um, secondary trauma, like what is secondary trauma and how, you know, educators or just how people in general, anybody that's in the service industry that serve people, how are you best able to serve them while still protecting yourself? Because when you come in contact with someone that that has traumatic um, experience, it's like when you have a heart, it overwhelms you. So I'll get get back (laughs) a little bit more of that a little bit later on the show. I can just imagine. So please do share um, with our audience, share with us, share a little bit about your experience in terms of um, your experience with your work. Um, And then you can actually kind of pivot over to your experience with in your in your own childhood and what that experience has been like um, as it pertains to trauma. Absolutely. So um, I've worked um, with children, um, done a lot of case management with children. Um, that was very, very heartfelt. Um, just dealing with children and children being in traumatic events is, it can literally blow your mind. And it brought me back to my childhood just kind of listening to them, um, trying to get the parents to be trauma-informed. Um, and then I kind of um, bounced over to human trafficking, did some volunteering work in there. Um, and then I kind of just went on to um, dealing with senior citizens, kind of worked with them doing some so- as a social worker. Um, and then my last um, job, I was working in a woman's home. And in that perspective, we dealt with women who were homeless, um, um, drug addicted, um, and had mental illnesses. So that's heavy. Everything you just said is heavy. You know what? I'm gonna tell you something. Honestly, what I want to tell you is from the experience, I was so I was so impacted by the trauma that I experienced with the children, which which led me to do my research, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to say what I found in research while doing like preparing for my dissertation, I found uh-huh. in, the, in the research it showed that people that do the line of work that we do are people that have had the have had traumatic experiences. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so I was like, because there was a part of me that wanted to leave the work, but it was a part of me that felt like I I can't like they need me. And that part of feeling like you're needed is a trauma response. I did not know. Yes. That. Yes. I learned yes. through research, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like I yes. am really a part of this community, um, and not even having known that this is who I am. But based on just based on research, show me like it showed me me. So again, mm-hmm. like. You're yeah, it's going somewhere. You think you're doing something to help somebody else, and look at look, look what God do. He will show you reflectively you. Um, so dealing with people that have those aces, you know, that have those. If you have research shows that if you have like four aces, so that is if you've had any physical, verbal, emotional, and uh, mm-hmm. all those different issues, those, yes. those aces, then you are um, prone to have you know like long term. Um, um, long-term or even PTSD, long-term post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Right? So yeah. what, what advice or I think 
I think I'm kind of jumping the gun a, a bit when I'm asking about the advice, but share with us a little bit about, so we know your work experience, but because mm -hmm. you're in this line of work, tell us a little bit about what your experience has been about, and then we'll go back, we'll double back to the um, the, the, the um, advice that you can give. So share with us a little bit about your experience um, having been um, experiencing trauma. Um, yeah, so um, as a child, um, I was adopted. Um, I don't think I was legally adopted, I think, because I haven't found any paperwork of that matter. So I think I was just kind of given to a family. Um, and I had mom and dad in the house that adopted me. I had an older sister that was adopted. Um, but as growing up, she was out the house. And so in my experience, just being adopted, um, just being abused from family members um, as a child, and you try to go tell your adopted parents, and you know, back then is, hey, what goes in, in this house stays in this house. So I felt like I had no voice. And then um, just kind of growing up, um, I didn't realize I was adopted until my biological mom came to me at the age of, I think, 11 or 12. I didn't know who she was. And they were like, this is your mom. So then that brought on a lot of anger, a lot of confusion, um, a lot of really just not knowing who I am, um, didn't understand, like, Okay, because she, I have biological siblings, so I didn't understand why I was the only one, you know, that you gave up for adoption. Um, and I didn't meet my biological siblings. They couldn't find me. They had to call me when I was at age 18, and I finally met them. But just the whole cycle of just being adopted, um, the child dealing with abuse as a child. Um, then I got married, kind of went through an abusive marriage then. And, had, and that brought up a lot of childhood um, traumatic events for me. And so um, just dealing with trauma as a child into my teenage years, into my young adulthood years, um, led me to where I am today. You just, you just dropped the bomb. Like that was, <laughs> so, that was heavy. Well, um, so I first want to say that well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that that was your experience. Nobody should ever have to experience what you went through. But I want to say that you show a level of resilience that is impeccable. Like, you know, Thank you. Some people and you're able to openly um, share. You know, you're sharing this with the public. You're sharing this, your experience with the public. Um, and being vulnerable, I greatly appreciate that. I'm sure that there's someone that's probably listening um, that perhaps can relate um, or maybe might even be currently um, experiencing the level of trauma that she's experienced. Um, my story, I think that I don't want to say that my story can't compare because I don't think that trauma should be compared. Um, right. Say that I want to say that in my experience as a child, having experienced trauma as well, um, though um, not even realizing that it was trauma. And that's the thing that I want to say about trauma. Sometimes you have trauma and you don't even know that it's trauma. Um, mm -hmm. My upbringing was where we, I had two parents for a period of time. What I, what I realized is that um, through their separation, through my dad's um, alcoholism, because I didn't know that he had an issue with alcoholism because it was our normal. Mm-hmm. Drink. 
he would drink on the weekends and his brother would come over and that was routine. So I thought that that was normal. Right, right. Um, right. Stumped down drunk where we would have to, my mom would have to take him to the bedroom. Um, but that was normal. And um, alcoholism ran on my dad's side of the family. So like I've seen on us, everybody did it. Like it was like, that was what they did. So I right. That, that was a normal thing. Um, and ultimately losing my dad to alcoholism um, and later finding out when I began my healing that um, he was actually sick. Like, you know, he was a Vietnam vet and he never got the help that he needed. Um, mm-hmm. He abused alcohol, um, which is a which is a disease. Um, and you, yeah. know, you know, because I didn't know that I had trauma. I didn't know that I was dealing with a person that was sick. Um, it wasn't until I was faced with my own as a young as an as a young adult is when I came to like, wait a minute, this wasn't my life wasn't normal at all. This was not right. Right. At all. In fact, it was so abnormal that you swing your lips such an abnormal life, it makes you feel like it's normal. Right. So messed up. Um so yeah, I I um so I did that with um alcohol as a young person. Um and what I found is I'm thankful I want to just say I'm putting my business out on the street right now. I'm so thankful to God that I would always I would always get hangovers. So thank God for me getting hangovers that I don't drink today. Like right. I and I was so foolish as a young person that I kept drinking. I didn't know and every time I just I had to get to a point where I was like, you know, I gotta stop because I just keep getting sick. Right. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for that God put that stop in me because yeah. the same thing happened with my father. Yeah. I would be off like him as well. But but thank God, thank God for his grace. But back to you, like, I just, wow. Like, I just wanted to just say, like, so there's different variations of trauma. Like, you can be in trauma and not even know. But for you, it was like you were, you didn't even know that you were adopted. Talk about, like, talk about the pain of not even knowing, like, having not knowing your identity, your true identity, and having this woman come up to you and be a complete stranger right Right. you know her and then you said i heard you say that you had siblings that she kept but yes that she gave away yes and before you before i allow before i ask you the next question about everything that you just shared i want to say to you you said why was i the one that she gave away and i'm going to share with you something that god gave to me and in my abandonment Right, because I feel like my dad abandoned me, and then I feel like my daughter's father turned around and abandoned her, because it's a cycle, it's a generational thing, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I want to say gen- tra- tra- trauma is generational, like right. So we have to. Address it is. Trauma. It's it is. It is. Poverty is generational. Those are generational curses, right? Yes. Nobody talks about those things, so when you land in a place like that, you think that it's you. You think that you are responsible for this, right? There's some action that you did to cause this when the whole time it is something that you inherited spiritually, not even natural. You see it manifest in a natural, but it's actually a spiritual act. But I want to say what God told me about your, your, you being the only one, you being the only one that was left Mm alive. That was because you were the one that God chose. Yes. <laughs> Didn't know that then. Yeah. Didn't know that then. And could you imagine just being young 
a child, a teenager, but you still have to go to school. You still have to be around other children, other peers. You know what I mean? Like life is just perfect. You know, you know, like at home, it's like I'm dealing with so much abuse, um, emotional abuse for my adopted mom. They always compared me to my biological mom. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be nothing when you grow up. You know, you're going to be on drugs like her. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You know what I mean? Them not showing no type of um, hugging, no type of, you know, affection. Never got that. Never was told, I was, you know, that I loved you ever in life. You know what I mean? So just dealing with, a, you know, your childhood, going into your teenage years, but then yet I have to go to school and act like everything is okay. Like, like put on a put on a face to save face, right? Right. So tell me, how did you? How what what? How tell me, how did you cope? What was what was it that you did? What what got you through? How did you get through? Sometimes I think like I don't know how I got through. Sometimes, but then it was always God. God was always there. Um, but then I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of writing. I just started writing my thoughts writing stuff down um, and just being that young, just always just trying to be around friends and, you know, just friends. I was trying to hang with friends. I always had friends over. I always have a lot of friends over, you know what I mean? Just. Yeah. That was, that was, that was how you coped. That was another, yeah. because you know what, you know what happens when you're trying to cope with, when you're trying to cope with trauma? Mm -hmm. It has so many layers. So that, that was a layer. So when you're, you're compensating. So now you're now you're compensating for your deficit because there's a deficit there. So trauma yes. is us with deficits. And I kind mm -hmm. of talk about this in a, in a truth about lonely because everybody talks about I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. Um, and what does it really mean to be lonely? Well, right. if, you, if you are a person that feels lonely, there is loneliness is a secondary emotion. It is not the primary emotion. So right. it is the primary. So your primary, um, which was your pain in this case, right. when you had to have a sense of belonging, when you had to have those friends, you know, you needed people around you because you were, there was a deficit. You didn't get it at home. Right. Missing that. And so then your right. other strategy, you said, you said, I, I journal. journal. Journaling was your friend. I, I, can, I can relate to, I can relate to journaling um, there was a period in my life I feel like at some point I'm gonna um, take out my books and I'll and I'll make them a I'll make them a book because I have journal books that I kept and for a long time I was embarrassed because I was like I hope nobody ever finds these books because they were so personal so personal. Right. I share so many intricate things about me my my feelings in there um, but I found from journaling you can share as well like what I found in my journaling there was there were periods in my life that I was so broken like I was so hurt that journaling became difficult. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even face me because I was so right, hurt. right, um, right. There were, that I can go back and look at my journal books from years ago, and I would see like the pages were just tears. Like I just cried. Um, and yes, it's a really good space. So for someone that's listening right now, journaling is such a therapy. That is a level of therapy because it, it allows you to be vulnerable with you in a way that you wouldn't normally be. Right. So. My question to you then, um, because that is a strategy, I took those as being, those were, I would say one of them was your coping mechanism and then other one was your strategy. So the fact that you had those people around you was a coping mechanism. 
Right. But then it led to unhealthy because you do have unhealthy coping mechanisms. Yes. You know what I mean? So then it led to drinking. You know what I mean? Then it led to trying to, you know, as a teenager, I got a little older. Okay, well, I'm going to smoke marijuana, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Then I, you know, then you're like, oh, I got pregnant at 18 because I was so angry with men. I was just angry with men. So I'm like, so I'm just going to hurt every man that come, come, come across me. You know what I mean? You know? That was my way of getting getting back. If I can, if I can answer, if I can chime in right here, it might have made you feel powerful. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness, how can I? Yes. You know why I, I can say that because I can relate. But I'm going to tell you what I did. Go ahead and carry on, and I'll I'll chime in. But yeah, yeah. And so, and then I end up getting pregnant at 18. Um, kind of was on my own, you know, kind of doing that. Um. And then kind of met, um, had like three more children, 2020, had two more children in 2021. So at 21, I had three children. You know what I mean? So now I'm dealing with, I done brought more other people into my traumatic life. You know what I'm saying? These are my children. So, um, and now I have to deal with, okay, how can I, I got to be, you know, put mom on, become yeah. a mother. So... Um, and being a single mom, you know, that was tough. Oh my goodness. You, uh, you know what? I don't even know if I can get to all the questions. Cause you're just bringing up so many different things. Like this is like, I am, I'm just at, uh, like, I'm, I don't even know. I'm at a, I'm at a, I'm at a loss right now just because it is so, what you're saying is so real. Mm -hmm. This is the reality of so many people and people and what you just said was, you talked about all cycle behaviors. That is all pattern. That is Absolutely. all pattern, which means that's generational. So if you probably yeah. look, you can look at your if you look at your um your your nat your your natural mom your birth mom, you you can see the patterns of her life in your life, right? And I want to say that that's what really what scared me into becoming who I am today was I seen my mother's life. I seen that I was living my mother's life. Mm -hmm. I seen my relationships looking like what my mother's relationship looked like. And it scared the crap out of me. I seen the man that I was dating look like my father. Like, in fact, they didn't just look like, when I tell you that the characteristics were identical, it scared me to death, yeah. literally to my core. So when you say that, you know, like I had three children, I had, I had these kids, I was 22 years old. As much as, as much as the world would tell you that you're responsible for your actions, you were doing what you had inherited. You were doing what you knew. Right. And my adopted mom, she was a diabetic, so she was so sick. So I kind of had to take care of her growing up, but she died when I was 19. Yeah. So now I'm in, I'm in a life where I don't know my biological mom. She's out here somewhere. You know what I mean? I hadn't seen her since that time. She introduced herself to me. And now my biological, now my adoptive mom is gone. Jesus. So now I have to, you know, enter to this whole big old world. And then I kind of felt like my adopted dad really didn't want me. Once my adoptive mom passed away, she, he just kind of, you know, acted kind of different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but um, it was just really tough um got married 
and then that was very abusive mentally physically verbally and it ended up affecting my children after that and then um that brought up a trump load of childhood trauma in that marriage and then once i got out of that i just became a runner like <laughs> I um, meet guys and I'll run they get close to me and I self-sabotage them so my gosh I okay so I guess we're not having we're just gonna let it flow we probably don't get yeah. to no questions because you just keep bringing up some everything right here so here's the deal like oh my god you said let me just I'm gonna just highlight a few things that you said you said you lost your you lost your bio your adopted mom you were responsible for her, so you were a caregiver. I'm just going to point out, I'm going to point out everything that, that's traumatic. You were mm -hmm. a caregiver as a young person. You had yeah. children. You ended up in an abusive marriage. I can relate. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get married. I had one abusive relationship that I have never disclosed. My daughter doesn't even know because I told her that I was going to write about in the book. But I vowed to myself. That was as a young woman. Nobody would ever... Right. Ever in life again, I would ever, and I, and I, and I've not had that experience, but let me tell you what I, it came with a cost though, because when you said that I did this because I, I, you felt it made you feel empowered. So what made me feel empowered was I would get in a relationship, which I didn't allow, first of all, I want to say that I didn't allow myself to get in a relationship with men. Mm -hmm. Just start mm -hmm. there. I had right. relationships. Right. I would not allow right. myself because I feel like that was protecting I was protecting myself and then when right. I did get in a relationship I guarded myself mm -hmm. right I shut myself down and so I felt like my get back my get back to the man was that I wouldn't let him get that close to me mm -hmm. but I don't know how challenging is that I want him I love him I want us to be but I don't <laughs> want you close to me because I'm afraid that you're going to hurt me yes oh my goodness yes yes I love you I love you so much I want us oh to be and I get upset with him when he gives me back what I'm giving him yes but I'm giving him my trauma and so what yes. we do is we marry in our trauma we date in our trauma we um, have relationship everything that we do it feeds our trauma because we we have trauma responses. So yeah. my response to my trauma was I would I was shut down. And so when you said that you're a runner, I can relate. I oh, sat yeah. everything else after that. I'm I'm sure that um, I'm sure that there. I don't I don't think I don't feel like I've missed anything in in my life. I feel like if it was for me, I have it. But yeah. I'm sure I've come across good people that I wouldn't give a chance. I have. I've been single since I was 2012 and. I came across, I've came across a few good men and they've gotten close to me. And, and like you said, no, like the <laughs> they'll get close to me. And I'm just like, you no, I'll step up top. I want to tell you that I was so, I was so trauma, so traumatically broken from my um, relationship that I, I had met, I remember meeting this guy. He was such a nice guy. Um, and um, he sounded like he wanted to be committed and I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't healed enough to be. I wasn't healed enough to be committed to him. And I just, I just abandoned him. I did. Mm -hmm. I dropped him. I didn't. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't allow myself to get in a relationship. So I know, I know what you mean by being a runner. I, I yeah. just, so I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to um, our questions, but okay. it's like, I'm like, we need to, yeah, this is, this is, this is definitely 
a lot. What are, let me, let me ask you this. What can you share that are like some common signs that indicate that a person is struggling with like these childhood traumas? Like, what have you seen like this show up in relationships or in adult people right now that is an indication that they are suffering from um, the trauma of their past or their childhood? Um, people who have mommy, daddy issues, um, people who are um, emotionally checked out. Mm. You know, you can be in a relationship with someone and they are just emotionally checked out. Like, mm. you know, um, people, I think that um, crave for attention. Oh. And I don't think that they're thinking that they're craving for attention. I think they're probably thinking that they're doing something different, but, yeah. you know pregnant for that attention you know what I mean and that's that goes back from not probably losing her mom losing a, a dad or something like that um and then people just that are um non-trustworthy that like they don't trust you know you you like you're stabbing me in the heart right now <laughs> yeah. I'm just like wait a minute okay mama daddy issues people that people that are emotionally unavailable like you're checked out checked out you're checked out Mm -hmm. Those are all trauma. Those definitely, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Those are all from trauma responses, right? Mm -hmm. You said also people that have attention-seeking behaviors. I talk about that in the truth about lonely as well. The truth about lonely when you when you are craving the attention, you're craving and and how to what are some examples of craving attention? That is that are that's those people that are promiscuous. Yeah, right. promiscuous, narcissist. Narcissist, yes. They're, those are craving. You're craving attention. Those are, mm -hmm. that's a deficit that is a trauma response and you're yes. doing because you need healing, right? Yes. And so yes. what you just said about a narcissist, people, we hear about them all the time because they, they are just horrible people. But we got to know that under, in, in that horrible person, there's a little person in there that's crying to come out. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a little person. There's a little person that's hurting so bad that it makes me this big, mean, ugly person that mm -hmm. wants to destroy everything that I come in contact with because everything that ever that I ever loved hurt me. Yes. Everything that I ever loved hurt me. Yes. Oh my goodness. Come and on. then just like you said, being alone, that that goes with abandonment issues. Like people will stay in a, a relationship that they have no reason to be in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we know we're not supposed to be in this relationship, but we're just settling, or we just don't want to be alone. You got it. You have a sense. You have a sense of belonging. But but yeah. what about this though? This is also a trauma response because this was me. My trauma response. The way that I respond to trauma was isolation. Oh yeah. Oh. In isolation, I would yes. tell myself like, no, that's not good for you. Yes. Also self sabotage. No, that's not good for you. They're not good for you. This is good. It's safer for you to be over here. So I wouldn't allow myself to experience for fear of being hurt. Yes. Oh, no. And then shutting down. Shutting like down. Shutting down, not communicating. You know, if oh, you're, in a relationship, you're in a relationship and someone's really trying to express themselves to you and you're like, oh, no, I'm shut. you shut down and yeah. The shutdown is real. I, I know. That's I, <laughs> I should have, I'm healed from the shutdown queen. I was yes. shutdown queen. Yes. I was, like I, I could literally really walk away from a person without like any thought about it. Like mm -hmm. I literally 
I literally train myself in a way, thank God for deliverance. I train myself in a way to walk away and never look back. Right. Because that's what my trauma taught me. My trauma taught me this is safe. It's always about safety. It was always like, this is safer for me. It's safer for me to be in this space right now. This is another level of healing. This is healing on top of my healing that I've already did. Right. Right. Um, So let's talk about, let's talk about, we've kind of talked about mechanisms. We've kind of talked about some ways um, to, um, uh, of strategies that they can use, but what role can therapy play in it? Like what, what role do you think that, do you think that therapy is something that is uh, necessary? Do you think that there is benefit? And if so, then how? I think therapy can be a big benefit. Um, it can be a big benefit um, to, um, but you just have to have the right um, match. You know what I mean? Like some people are looking for Christian. They might want Christian therapy. Some people might want a man. Some people might want a woman. But I would say just make sure it's outside of your circle and make sure it's not no one in the family. Yeah. You know, make sure it's someone that's a stranger, you know, someone that you can build trust with and that you feel comfortable talking to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. I think that I think that therapy is absolutely uh, an essential tool. Um, and definitely say that if you are Christian, you should have a Christian therapist. Yes, absolutely. You'll come across people that will give you some some guidance that is not in alignment with who you are in yeah. your faith, right? Absolutely. Um, and I want to say that I think that in the line of what I do, I think that God has such a um, such a sense of humor that um, that he allows us to you know, have and and have experiences like where I do in my practice now, where I have a contract and I go in and talk to patients that are um, schizophrenic, bipolar. Um, and I think that I'm going in there for them, but I always find myself getting something out of the experience. Like there's so much value in working with people because I find myself taking away from the experience with them more than what I came in for. Like, I know that, like, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately going to receive monetary benefits from it, but there is so much that I get out of going in and just speaking with them and, um, and helping them work through their trauma and work through their, you know, their issues is, is just such a blessing to me. It's been such a blessing to me. So I would say, um, the next question, then the next question then would be, um, what advice would you give to someone who's a little bit hesitant to, um, you know, to confront their, their, uh, their trauma? Because a lot of times we can be hesitant with, yeah. with we, and I think that a, the hesitation to, to in confronting your trauma is, is kind of like what I did. It's kind of like, it's yeah. an avoidance, right? So I avoid getting in a relationship with people. So when you said like, you're the runner, I'm like the runaway bride. Like that was me. Like I could run away from a situation. I could leave a person um, without thinking about it because it was safe. Right. It was safe. So what do we say to the person that is hesitant, the person that um, is playing it safe? Um, like in a relationship or just trying, or just in general? 
Um, so it's it's it, it pertains to their trauma, like they're playing it safe, like they're maybe even a, you know they're hesitant to do the work that they need to do oh, with yeah. their trauma. But but their response is their response is hesitation and relationships. That's just um, that is the uh, trauma response. You know they, right. they hesitate to deal with it because they know that if they get in a relationship, they're gonna have to be in relationship because. People, relationship, the only thing that relationship teaches us what to do is confront ourselves. Relationship, yeah. in a relationship is like a mirror. It's like, you're with this person. This person is your mirror because yeah. being with someone is going to cause you to confront you. Yes, and make so, you do the work. I'm like, I tell you, listen, if you are not ready to confront you and your mess, do not get in a relationship with someone because yeah. they are going to cause you to yeah. deal with you. Yes. Help us grow. Relationships, we need to be in relationship. That's why the Bible tells us it's not good for man to be alone. We yeah. need to be in relationship yeah. so that we can continue to grow as a person. People being with people help us to evolve. Mm -hmm. so what do you tell that person that doesn't want to confront their trauma, that is reluctant, that's hesitant? What advice do you have for them? My advice would be to them would be to Take time, take your time. Um, it's tough. It's really, it's tough and it's a lot of work to confront your trauma, to talk about it, to even bring it up. Um, some people even bury it so far that they forget about their, that they even have any trauma, you know what I mean? Until they're faced with relationships or faced with adversary, adversary and they're like, oh, I'm acting like this. Yeah. I'm doing this. So I would just say that um, really do some soul searching, like really do some soul search and just ask God to show you, you, and just ask him to lay it all out for you. Ask him to show, show you your, your footsteps. Like, you know, how can I, how can I start this? Who can I talk to? Cause a lot of people have a hard time trusting someone to talk to. So just finding that person to talk to that you trust is the first big step, you know, and just acknowledging, um, just started talking about it, you know, communication. Once you start talking about it, then you, once you talk about it, then you can recognize what you've been going through and what you're going through now. So, yeah, it's, it's heavy. You just, you did some lifting right there. You said, um, so first and foremost, most people have a problem with um, trusting, right? They have a problem with trusting. They have a problem with trusting people. And trust is definitely a trauma response. Trauma, that is definitely a traumatic response. And I think we live in a culture, we live in a culture where having trust issues is normal. Uh -huh. To say that I got trust issues, I got trust issues. That is like the thing, like, right. like that's like culture right. and not right. knowing that is toxic. That is toxicity. That is not healthy, right. but you're going to announce to the public, like I got trust because it is so validated in this culture, but to have trust issues mean that you are not healthy because right. you should be able to trust. Cause here's the thing. The Bible tells us, if we go back to the word of God, reflectively, what God tells us that we should not fear man that is able to do harm to the body. Right. And so here's the thing. If we are in any space of fear, fear is yeah. not God. The Bible tells us the Lord says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but a power 
of love and that of a sound mind. So if you have trust issues, listen, that is not of God, right? Because right. you should not be afraid. I'm saying this today because I was that person. Yeah. I was a yeah. shut down person. And mm -hmm. I will tell you, I don't trust you in a minute. And here's the thing. The thing that I love about God, that's why he gave us discernment. Right. And yeah. use yeah. it wisely, right? Our discernment, yeah. our discernment is so that we don't have trust issues because God wants us to know all the time he lets us know who we are dealing with. And our discernment, we have to know that discernment is not for us to get upset with a, a person or to use it as a weapon. Our discernment mm -hmm. is a weapon in this sense. It's not a weapon that you act out and you go and bash them or you retaliate against them. No, right. it's a weapon in the sense that it is God informing you. So you know what you are up against. You know what to pray against. You know what to right. warfare against, right? You know right. how to coach battle so say right. that in battle you know how to show up ready for battle right because right. you know what you are up against it's not right. it's something that you go and tell them i know who you are i know who you right. are at the check <laughs> because i want to sometimes i want to lash out at people like listen 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 sis listen bro i know who yeah. you are already but that's not what i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to much the mature thing and if you're mature in the holy ghost right i'm still mature. Right. But right. the mature thing is for you to be like, you know what? Thank you, God. And now I know to pray because listen, prayer will change anything. Prayer will change the heart of your enemy. Right. Prayer will change your position, right? Right. So right. Right, I just want to, I just want to add, uh, put that out there about this whole tr yeah. this trust issue culture yeah. because that is a culture. Like, yeah. I got yeah. trust issues. Right. And that's okay. No, trust right. issues are not okay. For right. the person that is listening, that is all comfortable with saying that I got trust issues. If you got trust issues, they did not come from God. They did not come from God. That is not, that is not. At all. So I want to say that, I want to say that it is, it is, it is super, like, it is just super important that yes. we, that we kind of like with dealing with this whole, with, with dealing with trauma, that we go to the root of our trauma, right? Like we yes. right. go to the root of what our issue is. And the only way that we're able to get right. to when we're able to, when we're ready to be honest with ourselves, being honest, Absolutely. being honest is going to be the only thing that's going to help us. Right. And that's going to be the thing that's going to allow us to be be honest with God, to go vulnerably before God, to let God know, like, God, I have this level of brokenness. Because God, the thing about God is God already knows that you're broken. Absolutely. Absolutely. He already knows Absolutely. that you're broken. He already knows Absolutely. that these things, that these things are there. He's just waiting for you to bring him your brokenness, right? Right. Right. We like to carry our brokenness. We like to nurse it. We like to pacify right. it. And so the way that we pacify our brokenness is that we go and we be promiscuous. We go and we, yeah. we go and we um, buy things because, you know, like over excessive buying or spending, those are all responses to our deficits and our deficits are a result uh -huh. of trauma. So, yeah, it's just, it's, right. it's, it's a, we can go around and around and around with this whole thing. But my question to you is, can someone completely heal from their trauma? Or will they, this is something that they, what advice do you give to someone that's out there thinking like, I can or I can't heal from my trauma? 
um, having your experience and having gone through you know, um, your abandonment, having gone through trust issues, having gone through being adopted, having gone through, you know, your marriage, being a single mom, being a single mom is also a traumatic experience as well. Mm -hmm. I can definitely relate to that. That is not something that, yes. that we talk about enough because we think that women yes. are just strong, like, and that's right. strong. but being, right. being strong doesn't mean that you should be made to be strong. Right. Right. I think that being as a single mom, that is a forced position. Right. That's something that right. I don't think that no woman just wakes up and decides that I just want to be a single mom. I mean, right. I know we live in a culture now that people are deciding to have kids. Um, so maybe I need to be correctly right. say that. Um, majority right. of women, I would say, don't wake up and want to be a single mom. So you can respond to all of these or any one of the things that I just said and pertain as it pertains to, can they ever move beyond that? Are they able to heal from it? Um, it's, it's, that's a great question because I had a family member cause I, I posted on Facebook yesterday about healing mm -hmm. and he, he responded and said, cousin, like I lost my brother. That was very traumatic. How do you expect me to heal from that? Hmm. response to him is um it can the healing can be done you won't you will never forget you know you will never um you'll always remember you know that he's not here your family member's not here but any traumatic experience that you go through it can be done it it takes a lot of work and then it it, it depends on your faith like for i think if you're walking with god it can be done. I think the healing can be done. And I think that um, it hurts, you know, healing hurts sometimes and it, it hurts not in a bad way, but it's a good, it, it's a good way because you know that you're getting over things that really, really hurt you in the past. So um, I feel like, yes, me going through everything I went through. Like I told him, everything I went through, I went through hell as a child. I went through hell as a, you know, a teenager and as an adult, young adult, you know? And I'm like, and I lost a parent, adopted parent. You know, I was out there in the world by myself with three children. But at the end of the day, I am able to heal. Like, you know, like you're able to heal as long as you put in the work, you can, it can be done. You can, I mean, there's, you can always go to, you know, they have um, like 12 steps if you're trying to heal from drug abuse. Um, there is always um, healing for um, bereavement. You know what I mean? There's always um, therapy out there for bereavement type of trauma. Um, there's therapy for abuse, sexual abuse, um, drug abuse. Um, there's a lot. There's always resources out there that can help you as well get through your traumatic experiences so you can heal. Absolutely. I would, I want to say that I think that healing is going to sound harsh, but this is very true. I think healing is a choice. It is. It is. Crazy yes. to say it. Honestly, <laughs> it healing is. is a choice because here's it the thing. You can, you can have your pain. Like you can, you can marry your pain. Like you can live with it for the rest of your life. If you so yes. yes, you so choose to listen, the pain is not going to go away. It will yes. stay. 
you yeah. gotta be, I think that pain is something, healing is something that you gotta be committed to. So first you gotta make the decision. You gotta make a choice. Like I've decided today that I no longer, and I will mm -hmm. say this when I dealt with heartbreak. To anybody that's going through heartbreak right now, let me tell you, this is how I got over my heartbreak. I decided, I remember one day I woke up from heartbreak and you know that heartbreak is something that is so difficult. Oh my God. It's like, it's, and it's not even humanly possible. It's like the pain <laughs> never stops, right? I remember yeah. when I decided, I was like, you know what? I made a few decisions. I'm gonna just put my little business right on out there. I decided, right. that I was like, you know what? I don't want this pain anymore. I mm -hmm. made a conscious decision for myself. Yeah. I don't want this anymore. And I was like, why am I going to allow myself to feel this hurt when the other person perhaps have moved on already? They are not experiencing my hurt. This is for, <laughs> this is yes. for personal hurt. I know this is a little bit off the <laughs> subject, but this is for somebody that's going through heartbreak. Yes. Hurt, I decided, I was like, you know what? I am not going to allow myself. So number one, I made a decision that I, I made a decision that I didn't want it anymore. So I basically divorced it. I was like, I'm divorcing. Mm -hmm. okay. a, a pain. I didn't carry you as far as I'm going to go. That's it. So when it, when it, when it wanted to come back to my mind, yes. I was, what the Bible says, you cast down vain imaginations and mm -hmm. everything. I casted it down. I was like, okay, nope, you're not doing that. I'm like, no, yeah. They are not concerned. They are not hurting like you're hurting. Yeah. I've right. myself of that. And I'm like, and you know yeah. what? On top of it, you're hurting over somebody that does not even exist. Because you know, at the end of a relationship, you find out that the person that you thought you were in love with didn't exist. Like that wasn't the person. Or, right. or you think like, oh, they changed. No, I don't think you changed. I think you were always who you've been. I just wanted you to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. When you make that decision, I made that decision. Yeah. Like, okay, you're not that person, right? I right. think ultimately what I'm trying to say is that it is a decision. And when it comes it is. to the it loss, is. when it comes it to is. even the loss of a person, like I would say yeah. how I dealt with the loss of my parents, how I deal with the loss of my mother. I deal with the loss of my mother as if I did not lose her. Like my mother is crazy as it might seem. I mean, I, obviously I don't talk to her like, oh, hey, mom, I'm not doing that because I ain't with the, with the, with the, no. I would say that they are asleep. So I'm not talking to you, mom. He said, I would not have you confused right. about those that are asleep. Like I know that my mom is asleep to this world, right? So yeah, I'm not talking right. to her. But the way that I say is the way that I say that she's alive is that I live my life as if she's still present. Do I yeah. still have times? Absolutely. But the yeah is not that pain that it was when I lost her because I've learned how to do life in the way that I have trained myself to believe that she's present with me. That is the way that I had to do. And I know that that sounds crazy. Everybody grieve and they do things differently. But that is, if I had to give someone some advice yes. about a loss, that is how I dealt with that loss. So I, I've talked about the loss of a relationship. And I've also talked about the loss of a person because those are two very traumatic experiences. First of all, relationship uh, breakup is trauma. It is. You, you've been doing life. It is. Yeah. <laughs> how do you expect yourself? Yes. Listen, that's why we are not supposed to be involved with people especially physically, you know, like, come on, first of all, listen, if you ever, in a, have you ever been in a relationship with someone that you were not um, physically involved with, and there was still an emotional attachment, emotional attachments are the worst. Okay. Like seriously. They are. Yes. They, yes. Yes. 
So yeah. Yes. So I, I would say I would say that yes, you Absolutely. can. Heal. Yes, you can heal. But the healing also, I would also say that you're not going to do it without God. Like my healing journey, yeah. the way that I healed from all of my traumatic experiences, even because you even talked about being a single mom, and I I don't want to I don't want to drop the ball and not address that as well because being a single mom should not be a single experience. That should not be a single experience. Kids are made with right. two and you need to have two parents and you need to be able to, even if you're not with the person, you need to be able to co-parent properly. That yeah. is not what you do alone. I think right. I did a very good job at it because I decided that I did not want my parents' life and I was just going to do it a healthy way. And so I did it independently. I did it without any hassle. I never bothered um I never, I never bothered with the other parent. Like I've never pursued after. I just, I, it was the best thing. It was the healthiest thing. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that everybody don't know how to make those healthy decisions, but I made that decision for myself. Again. Yes. Decision. Yes. Yes. Very respectful. I respect you for that. Cause some people can't do that. And then, you know, you make those decisions as women and you know, you get ridiculed or people, you know, you, you know, they try to justify why you shouldn't do it, you know, did that. But hey, we had, sometimes you got to look out for you and your child. You know what I mean? You make the best decision for you and your child. So I commend you for that. Absolutely. I think you got to do, I think you got to do whatever. I'm, I'm, a, I'm really big on this and I had to learn to do this. First of all, I think you got to know who you are. Like I personally, um, am a person that is non-confrontational. And the reason why I'm non-confrontational yeah. is because I can be very violent. Like I know me, right? And I think yes. that you have to know who you are. And so yes. I think that people, this is a real lesson. I'm giving a real life lesson right here. If you see somebody that's non-confrontational, leave them alone. They're probably in that space because they know who they are. Like I am one that knew, I knew that yes. early on because life had taught me, I lost some very, um, like I lost, I remember, um, God, I'm telling, I'm saying some stuff right now. I lost my first job out of college mm -hmm. because I had a battery. Like they, I ended up being able to sue them, but it was on my record. I had a battery, I had a battery case for mm -hmm. and that was violent. And right. So what I do is like, I avoid violence because I know that I have the ability to be a violent person. Right. Right. And so right. I want to say to a person that's healing from whatever levels of trauma, like you, when you learn you, when you learn you, because that's what you're going to do in this work that you're doing, you're going to be learning you, you're going to be, I'm learning how to identify with you. And when you learn who you are, you have to protect who you are. So I protect my peace at all costs. And so with me making a decision mm -hmm. to be a single mom and to be a single mom without any trauma or drama it was because I yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm capable of. You may not know what I'm capable of, but I know. Right. And because I want to live in my space of peace and my serenity, it's just yeah. for me not to. And honestly, I'm going to tell you something. That was the best decision that I have ever made in my entire mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Yes. Um, we are, we, we don't necessarily co-parent right now, but we don't, we don't have differences. Um, well, I mean, he, I think he still has a difference with me. I do, I no longer have a difference mm -hmm. with him. It's only because he did not heal, um, in the way that, um, I think that he perhaps could have the way that I wish that he would have honestly, my heart for him. Um, I really wish that he would have allowed himself to heal the way that I did. Um, yeah. I think that he, um, is a good person. I just think that he's still a broken person. And so because he's yeah. broken, 
it's hard to see when someone has really healed. So yeah, that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Like you got it. Yeah. Decision. It really, it really truly is a decision. So um, before we close out, I'm just going to ask you, what are some lasting strategies, some lasting maybe um, tools? Like if we had to give them some tools for a person that is dealing with any level of trauma, we know that trauma, number one, you got to go down to the root that like get down to the source of it. So yeah. What advice do you have as we close to our audience? What can you give them that will, that can be beneficial to them in their, in their journey? Um, the, the advice I would give is any kind of trauma that you guys are experiencing, whether it's drugs, um, alcoholism, just any type of, um, abuse relationship just anything that just make sure that you guys learn to be very open in communication of what you're experiencing i just i always go back to communicating because for me i didn't communicate or i was told not to communicate and just having that not having a voice um really um was detrimental to me. So if you're able to communicate, um, even if you feel like um, your family members are not being empathetic, you know, you have to just be a voice. I had a nephew who committed suicide and um, he, he went through a lot of trauma in his life, you know, and he used to talk to me. He used to always with me, then he just shut down. He shut down from everyone. So I would say, please just communicate. Like that's one of the biggest things that people with that go through trauma um, don't do. They don't communicate. They kind of shut down. Um, and if you don't want to communicate, just really get into your faith, like really get into God. Um, um, like I listen to music. Like music is a great coping mechanism for me. You know what I mean? Like if um, another mechan a coping mechanism um, would be meditation. Like if you guys, you know, if they're dealing with trauma, um, try to meditate. Um, communication, meditation, um, music, try to get therapy. Um, and just first and foremost, just recognizing the trauma is a big step. It's recognizing you and having the trauma is the number one thing that you can do is just really recognizing that I am, I am like this, or I'm, I am going through this. And, and once you recognize it, just start writing it down, just, you know, start journaling, like, um, keep a diary or, um, just writing down what you recognize. Um, and then. I would say last but not least, just get help, like therapy, like just try to find someone that you can talk to through a therapist. I know a lot of, it's, it's uncommon for a lot of African-American people to reach out to therapists. It was no-no, you know, in our generation, not to talk to anyone outside your household, but no, don't keep nothing in your household. Yeah. Please speak, please speak about what you're going through. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. 
because that's that's another form of trauma that I, that's generational. So we're, our goal is to break the generational curses. Absolutely. That's what we're trying to do is just break generational curses and being a voice will allow you to break those generational curses. Yes. Amen. I love, I love everything you said. Um, therapy. I think that um, you said um, the first thing you said is that they have to acknowledge it. So acknowledging is, is big. Cause like I said earlier, um, early on in the show that um, I didn't, I didn't realize that I was having uh, an extra traumatic experience. So um, recognizing, first of all, rec when you recognize it, then you have to acknowledge it. So I would say recognize, I would say mm -hmm. acknowledge. Um, and then um, you said that um, you don't be silent. Don't be silent because because pain, hurt will silence you. Um, it would, it would yes. lose yourself. It, you would lose your self-worth, your self-esteem. Yeah. Self um, so yeah, so like acknowledging it, you know, after you recognize it, acknowledging it. Um, and then I'm speaking about it. Like even if you, don't speak to a person definitely speak to god like i think god is yeah. god is god is the overseer of it all right like he's in absolutely the right um and i feel like i feel like right now um i can even say like you know if we go biblically and just look at the stories of people that has so much trauma we'll we'll use joseph for an example joseph has such a traumatic mm -hmm. experience right um, and you can see the trauma okay. of his experience, right? His, his, his experience was very traumatic. Like, first of all, to have your brothers to hate you, then to have them plan your death or to, to frame you as being dead. Um, and then to, you know, go through this whole experience where you are then brought in to Potiphar's house. And then you are then betrayed there and you, um, mm -hmm. all of the whole time, I guess, I guess what I'm saying to say this is that to the person that has experienced the, the amount of trauma, the amount of pain that you've experienced is the amount of glory that is resting on your life. Um, because after yeah. all of that, then we see, they like to say that he went from the pit to the palace, but even, even when he got to the palace, it wasn't over, you know, like he, it wasn't over mm -hmm. for him. Um, right. Right. And he was brought out. This is a painful. Lord have mercy, as I'm talking about, this right. is a painful story. <laughs> right. Out. He was brought over the. Right. He was set over the kingdom to be a sustainer. He then had to right. look these people in the face, the same people that hurt him, and he had right. to, to be a sustainer to them. How painful was that? You know, but he was an overcomer. So to the person that um is experiencing trauma that has not. Yeah that is on a healing journey um or that has been um renewed like you and i have um, i think right that healing is a continuous journey right um, because i said in my line of work like i said before you're always being reflective and i think that every day when we reflect like being exposed to people that have these traumatic experiences still awaken things in you but it awakens you you on, a, on another in another way like oh my goodness like like it, 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 it it's almost provides another level, level of clarity, like another information right. or clarification of your experience. Right. I feel like we'll, we'll continue to evolve from the, the experience as we live. So the healing, right. never stops, but healing is like a continuous, like, right. Cycle, <laughs> never stop. right. 
even in this right. telling me like I've been through all these things, like as a single mom or as a as a young person in relationship with my parents at home, as right. we talk about it, they're still we're still being released from it, right? Right. Right. We are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So every time we're able to share, um, so that to the person that is here, the more you're able to share and not in a way that you're rehearsing your pain. So you're not right. your pain where you're like, this was wrong. This happened to me. This was wrong. Right. The way that you're processing it, right. You're processing right. it. Um, and you're then when you're processing it, you're able to dissect it. So when you're dissecting it, which is what we're doing right now, that's mm-hmm. another form of healing. So it's not like you're you're not soaking in it. So I want to be clear about that. So talking about it, right. Rehearsing right. It, we don't want you to rehearse right. it. Right, right, right. want you to Absolutely. talk about it. Um, but yeah, that is the advice that I would give. I would say definitely what you said. I agree talking about it, um, talking to someone about it. And I think that really though, um, I don't know if you've, I, I, this is kind of taking us aback a little bit, but I can remember being hurt and actually talking about it, not being honest about it. Mm. When you talk about mm. it, you gotta be honest about you it. You gotta be. Yeah, you gotta be. You know that denial, like, be. oh no, this don't, you're only denying it to yourself. Yeah. If it yeah. hurts, it hurts. It hurts. And be honest, yeah. like, this hurt me so bad. So yeah, I, yeah, that's deep right there. Like, yeah. No fabrication, real. please. No fabrication. <laughs> that was a real one right there. Like talking about yeah. it, but you've got to be honest about it when yeah. you're talking. See, that's another level, level of trauma because you're still trying to protect yourself. Yeah. You're still trying to hold on to the pain. Yeah. It's something about pain that we want to keep. I don't know what it is in our nature that we want to hold on to it, but we got to let it go. So that would, that, yeah. that's what I would say. Um, and if there is a final one, let's see, the final one would be to release it. Hmm. Got to release it. So after you did all this work, now you got to release it. And not talk about it no more. No more. Unless you're, unless you're trying to help, you know, yeah, help someone else speak about it like we're doing, but just continuing talking about it or continuing soaking in it or continue bringing it up. No. Because I've never, I've never publicly talked about my experience as a single mom. I, that's not something because I'm an overcomer. I did it didn't break me. It didn't. It actually, honestly, I am who yeah, I right. am as a result of it. Right. So Absolutely. I am yes. an overcomer. Like I, I went through countless. Like I've had so many great experiences as a result yeah. of being a single mom. Like I, yeah, such a better person. <laughs> of it. Now, let me, if you ask me if I had to go and do it all over again, I will tell you no, but I will tell you the benefit in it was it made me, it made me. So you, I could say to to the final thoughts is you can allow your trauma to shape you or you can allow it to break you. And that is going to be your decision. So yes, yes. If you are ready to do the work to fix it so that it could shape you or you got to decide if you're going to stay in this place of brokenness where then it's going to have rulership over you for your entire life. That's yeah. uh, lasting um, advice that I would give. So, absolutely. so I, absolutely. Pray that, I pray that something that we shared, um, cause we kind of bounced into different uh, categories, but ultimately it was all about, healing and the trauma work and the work that you have to do um, with unpacking that trauma 
and actually dealing with it. And I, I think that the way that the, the I know I said final, but the one, one final thought is I was thinking about um, when I was a teacher, I was a high school um, history teacher. Mm -hmm. I would always do, um, when we talk about events that happen in life, we would do these things called a root cause tree. And so I sometimes do that with um, my clients that I meet with. Well, let's do the tree. This is the tree. And the, the way that I do the tree is it's with, um, it's like having a cold. And so when you have a cold, you know, what are the symptoms of the cold? The cold mm -hmm. is the issue, right? But what are the the the, the um, symptoms? So the symptoms is a runny nose. Um, you have watery eyes. You have... Mm -hmm. You might have, you might be coughing. Those are all sent. Those are all sent. Right, right. When you're doing your trauma work, you got to treat it like it's a cold and mm -hmm. you gotta look at, okay, this is the bigger issue. This is the big issue. Yeah. But what are the symptoms? And what are the, symptoms? the symptoms are all sticking out. Like they show up. We see them. They show up every day. They show up in the workplace. They show up in the grocery store. They show mm -hmm. up in a relationship. Those are the things that you got to. Right. So. And what caused the symptom? What is the cause? The pro what is the cause of the symptom? You know what I mean? What's the cause of the symptom? Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I pray that um, I pray that we've we've been a blessing in some way to you. I pray that there's something that you're able to take away from um, this show today, um, and you can apply it to your life. Um, uh, thanks again for tuning in to listen to us. Do not forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Um, the episodes are aired on Thursdays uh, bi-weekly at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. And a look at the link and the, the description page. I will share ways to get in contact with Miss LaShawna Reed. Um, she's doing some phenomenal work for women. Uh, she has a nonprofit organization where she is helping women on a large scale. So if you want to be a part of her movement, if you want to sew into her movement, um, you can do so um, by clicking the link on the description for this page in the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you.